we need to look at who is going to help the people and hold the powerful accountable. And there must be some reason that so much powerful business money, witnesses of Hubbard are plowing into uh, certain candidates. This is Dare to Defend, a campaign podcast with Alice Martin. She's running for attorney general, and we're right there with her. I'm Brett Janik, and this is episode 19, Two Minute Drill. Alice, welcome back. Thanks for joining us this morning. Where are we catching you? I'm in Montgomery today, and I'll be ending the evening in Mobile. Well, based on an online straw poll released yesterday, I would expect you to be tuning in from T-Town or stumping on Toomer's Corner. (laughs) The College Republican Federation of Alabama conducted a Facebook poll for the Attorney General contest, and you topped the list with 37% of the vote. Incumbent Steve Marshall garnered only 6.5% of the vote, while King and Bedsell collected the rest. Should we interpret this as proof of your grassroots appeal, or do these figures also hint that your message is resonating with younger people, that coveted voting class? I think it's resonating with uh, people that want an outsider and that truly want corruption to be cleaned up. And I think that's what our younger voters want. And I'd be remiss if I didn't say, and you know, voters from Troy, Uh, JSU, UNA, South Alabama, and many other colleges in the state of Alabama that have really enthusiastic uh, college Republicans. I thank them all. A politician's answer if I ever heard one. Very inclusive. (laughs) Well, uh, we've spoken previously about voter demographics. Do you feel like your message is connecting with the audience that you are actively targeting? Or are you seeing some spillover? Have you been surprised at all by the audiences that your message is resonating with? I'm I'm not surprised because I think my message uh, should touch all Alabamians, which is we want good government and we want to combat corruption. You know, we want clear ethics laws and then we want elected officials and those that work to get contracts with government money to follow that law. So we recently did a poll We asked people how they identify themselves as an establishment Republican, a Christian conservative, Tea Party, um, a Trump Republican, and I think the other category was other. And when you look at what uh, people in the political polling business call crosstabs, we are touching all of those people, uh, men and women, and people that identify themselves in various ways, all connect with the message that corruption is wrong, and to have a strong state government, we need to end it. How much flexibility do you have with the paid media that you're running, whether it be TV, radio, online, to change the targeting that you're doing in the final two weeks? Uh, If you feel like there's an audience that you need to shore up your support or an audience that you want to begin to reach out to, how how much flexibility do you have here in these final weeks? Well, the candidate has, uh, I think, pretty good flexibility when you think of radio, because it's pretty easy to get a spot uh, recorded and get it out if you need to respond. Uh, Of course, Facebook's very easy, just like you posting something and changing that post or that message the next day. Uh, Now, TV's a little different because you're pushing it out and uh, you need to jockey for position because there's so many ads 
we've, we are going to see a pickup in statewide races uh, for TV ads in these final two weeks from today, and especially in the final 10 days. Uh, so um, you've got the flexibility, but you're starting to get a tightness of the number of spots you can run. So, for example, Fox News now is limiting uh, statewide candidates on exactly how many spots they can run because they want to they want to allow everybody to to participate on their network. And so that becomes a more competitive spacing. So but you do have some flexibility. Speaking of targeting, you've really made target practice of the other AG candidates when it comes to support from the Alabama gun community, securing Bama Carey's influential endorsement early on. But the NRA recently came out in support of the Bentley-appointed Attorney General Steve Marshall. Is this a simple case of a national organization supporting the incumbent, or should voters read into the A rating the NRA awarded Marshall? Well, actually, uh, King got an A rating, and I got a King uh, an A rating as well, so we got the same rating. But if you will look at NRA's Political Victory Fund on their website, they have what they call their endorsement policy. And it reads, NRA has a pro-gun incumbent-friendly policy that dictates our support for a pro-gun incumbent seeking election. So they say it's important for us to stand with our friends. So the rating that I have is the same. Um, So all it says is that they, like so many of the organizations in Montgomery, really don't give challengers an opportunity Um, Just like um, today, I think, or yesterday, Manufacturing Alabama came out with an endorsement. They didn't invite other people to speak to them. So that is the true power of an incumbent, that unless you've done something that they view as very negative, uh, they're going to stay with the person that's in the office, even if they came there through the appointment, you know, of a a governor who was um, ousted uh, two months later. So I'm happy to say I have an A rating. Now, I think where Bama carry differs and where NRA doesn't get in the weeds is I think Alabama gun um, owners care about gun signs and them not being placed in areas uh, that do not have guards and barriers as the law requires. And so they, Alabama carry members and other groups in state, they realize that Marshall has now taken down his opinions Uh, and you have to go in and do a search with a search term. In the past, those were all listed where you could just click on it and read them. Uh, Everyone was posted visibly and very transparent uh, and accessible to the voters, and that's not the case now. For the first time ever, now you've got to know what organization uh, a complaint was filed against and try to search it in a a one-line search term. So to me, that's uh, trying to hide the ball uh, and I do not think he is uh, uh, all that a Second Amendment advocate wants with transparency. Alice, we've talked previously uh, about guns, and most listeners will know that you're a proud gun over and a, an avid outdoors woman. You've spoken about your community in Florence and how firearms play a central role in more rural communities around the state. But they also play a central role in the Alabama Republican Party. And an outsider might go so far as to say that the party's focus on firearms comes at the expense of more pressing policy issues. When you are elected attorney general, how actively will you seek to extend gun rights? And to the doubting Thomas, is there even a need to extend these rights? I don't think it's the extension of rights so much as it's the preservation of the rights. 
you know, Florida just recently after the tragic school shooting uh, had a, a reaction of passing a law. And now, you know, you're 18, 21, you can't buy a weapon. I would fight that in Alabama uh, because I believe that they have the right to keep and bear arms at 18. If you can go and fight for your country, you should be able to have that. And let me point out too, Second Amendment, it certainly touches on hunters' rights, but that's not what it's about. The Second Amendment's there for our own personal protection. So I am a I am a proponent for open carry, and um, and I carry concealed permit. I mean, I have a concealed permit, and I do carry concealed at times. Uh, and so that's what uh, groups like Bama Carry and others want. They want to feel that they can protect themselves and their loved ones as they're going into buildings that are not protected by guards and barriers. And uh, they, they consider that a very important right and a very important protection for their families, and so do I. Rings in one year since former House Speaker Mike Hubbard filed his first appeal brief with the Alabama Court of Criminal Appeals. A Lee County jury convicted Hubbard in June 2016, and a judge sentenced him to four years in prison, but he remains out on bond. Late last week, the Ethics Reform Commission met for the first time since the Alabama state legislature created it in March as a way of not taking up an ethics bill aimed at clarifying the language that ensnared Hubbard. Alice, this seems to be really a saga without end. As AG, could you help draw it to a close? I think so. There was a bill that had been studied uh, and uh, was proposed, an SB 343, and it could have been dealt with this year, but instead they kicked the can down the road because it's an election year and uh, they didn't want to deal with anything controversial. Uh, That was what the leadership said. And you know what? Our ethics law, making it strong and clear, it shouldn't be controversial. It should be a priority. And I do not believe that this study committee is the appropriate mechanism to do it. And from what I hear, they're just going to sort of start over out of whole cloth. And SB 343 is not going to be a focus of this group. So that's disappointing. Mike Hubbard was, by most accounts, the most powerful political figure in the state uh, before the team that you assembled prosecuted him. You've rankled a lot of Hubbard cronies, and it's no coincidence that those cronies have deep pockets. What has been remarkable is their penchant for playing at politics and spending big bucks to see you defeated and Steve Marshall elected. Alice, you're in many ways the most qualified candidate, having been uh, U.S. attorney for eight years in the Northern District of Alabama, having been deputy attorney general, and really you're, you're own policy political views fit best with the electorate of Alabama. And yet your opponents are able to run more TV ads. They're able to send out more campaign mailers. Do you regret at all being involved in the Hubbard prosecution? Not at all. And of course, the the, the lead of that was Van Davis, the uh, acting attorney general for that. And I came onto that team after that indictment uh, and was uh, obtained. And I was happy to be able to support that trial team and be part of that effort. So no, I never regret being on the team for justice. Um, What I would say is that I want voters to educate themselves beyond TV ads. Uh, Look at where we stand on issues. Uh, I'm the only one that's doing a podcast, so I've certainly been out there uh, as transparent as I can. It's important 
that they vote for principled candidates that are truly conservative. Don't just uh, look at people that are wrapping themselves up in Trump, as Steve Marshall is doing in his ads when he was a Democrat until the beginning of 2012. Uh, so, uh, you know, we need to look at who is going to help the people and hold the powerful accountable. And there must be some reason that so much powerful business money, um, witnesses of Hubbard are plowing into uh, certain candidates. So I would say study the candidates and study the flow of money, just like we do when we're studying corruption cases. Unlike Steve Marshall's PAC support, our podcast support comes from within the state of Alabama. So our listeners are likely familiar with the football term two-minute drill. Yes. <laughs> we are recording this on Tuesday, May 21st, which is exactly two weeks out from primary voting. What does your campaign's two-minute drill look like, uh, and has the t- tempo of your campaigning shifted? Uh, no, it hasn't shifted. Uh, we've put a lot of effort into North Alabama, where um, north of the line of Tuscaloosa, if you will, are 70% of the Republican voters. And we've been up on TV there. Uh, and now we will turn some attention to central uh, wiregrass and coastal. Not that I haven't been going there, but we will. you will start seeing um, our ad on broadcast TV. That's here, ABC, CBS, NBC. We've been up on radio and uh, cable news, but now we're going to go up on those channels. So that'll give people in those areas a chance to get to know me more over the final two weeks. And uh, uh, I'll be at Pork and Politics tonight in the Mobile Battleship Park in Mobile. And then Saturday of Memorial Day, I will be spending in Baldwin County uh, at the Baldwin County Pork and Politics. And Wednesday, I'll be in Pike County in Troy, Alabama, where the uh, Republican women are hosting a GOP forum. And it's my understanding all the candidates will be there. So I'll continue to move around the state uh, to try to drive our name and continue to try to meet the voters and answer their questions. You've barnstormed the state so much this campaign that your personal campaign headquarters appeared to be the closest Econo Lodge to the interstate exit. But in these <laughs> in these last two weeks, where is the campaign's command central located? Well, we have a we have a, a election uh, spot or an office, if you will, in Montgomery. We've had that all along, and then we just opened one this last week uh, that is in Birmingham. Um, on 21st Way. So if anybody's listening and they want to help volunteer, we uh, would love that help. And they can contact Nathaniel at alicemartin.com or Zach, Z-A-C-H, at alicemartin.com or Alice at alicemartin.com and uh, tell us what they would like to do to help. Uh, Now, we'll say we don't have any more signs. Uh, We decided to put more money into um, TV versus signs. Uh, But we do want help in these final two weeks. And we have efforts underway in um, Jefferson and Shelby County that we could use some volunteers and also up in Madison County and in Mobile and Baldwin and Montgomery. Well, you've had a a constellation of formal and informal advisors. How are you delegating during the final push? And what roles have really grown in importance in these last few weeks? Well, I think in the final weeks, uh, you, you most all the candidates, we have, uh, we're not hitting every single Republican event now because we've been campaigning, most of us, for nine, 10 months. So we've probably already gone to 
you know, the monthly breakfast at the Republican Club and feel pretty confident that those Republican folks that come out every month for breakfast know who they want to vote for in the election. So we're trying to meet those people that are undecided. And uh, so your ground game of people that might be going door to door or doing calls for you or using, you know, robocalls to remind people to go out and vote, uh, that could be big. Uh, we tried to remind people that yesterday, um, we're, we're taping this on the 22nd, but the 21st was the last day to register to vote. I know over the weekend, I met six 18-year-olds that had not registered. And so we tried to make sure people know to register to vote. Over the next few days, we'll be reminding people, don't go to the beach on June 5th and forget to vote, absentee vote. Um, so it's more about the ground game, letting the money that you've raised work your air game, you know, your TV and radio. And then, of course, uh, it's always about raising additional monies so that instead of running your TV spot, you know, five times, you can run it maybe eight times. So I'd be remiss if I didn't say anybody that wants to donate, please go to alicemartin.com. There's a donate button there. If you don't like donating online, um, you know, with a, a credit card, uh, you have a um, address that's on the website at alicemartin.com and it's P.O. Box 44, Montgomery, Alabama 36101. And in the final throes of, uh, of this campaign, two weeks, uh, we're just raising money. Um, and I'll say we're not raising it from the big packs that are stroking the thirty and $50,000 checks. You can look at our reports and you can see we're raising it from people uh, that are giving it out of their pockets. And it can be $5, $10, $20. All of it adds up to uh, give us more exposure. Well, Alice, I've got to believe that that grassroots support is also going to add up to a uh, great primary showing. You've been generous, as always, with your time. Thanks for coming on, and uh, go give them hell on the campaign trail. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Dare to Defend is an 1819 Media production. To learn more about Alice Martin and her campaign for Attorney General, visit her at www.alicemartin.com. I'm Brett Janik, and we'll see you next week from the trail.